0: You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And hey, welcome inside the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. guy. follow the show, Locked On Horns. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening we appreciate you for tuning in to the Locked On Longhorns Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribed. If you haven't, go ahead and do that. Uh, leave a rating. It helps other people who enjoy the show find it as well. Uh, big show today. We're going to talk about where Malik Murphy ranks among recruits as far as quarterbacks at the University of Texas. Kind of look at a history of how they've done what they're doing, and how they can get better. Uh, first off, I just want to remind you this episode of the Lockdown Longhorns Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Head on over to rockauto.com. Affordable pricing for all the auto parts your car will ever need. All right, so let, let's talk about Malik Murphy. There's a lot of excitement, right? Because when you look at the level of recruit that he is, uh, Texas, obviously, they need to replace their Quinn Ewers commitment for the 2022 recruiting class. Um, they have added some some talent, and that's only expected to grow because right now it feels like there's a lot of traction when it comes to the Longhorns on the recruiting trail with Steve Sarkeesian. But I thought it was interesting. if you If you go and look at the top 10 quarterback recruits to sign with the University of Texas since 2000, Obviously, we go back 2,000 because we're using the 24-7 composite rankings. Uh, the number 10 guy to ever sign was a four-star pro-style prospect of the 2010 recruiting class. Connor Wood, not a name that you hear too often when you talk about quarterback recruits. Yet, Sam Ellinger was next four-star dual threat. He had a .9446 grade. We all know what Sam Ellinger meant to this school. At number eight, Jaquinta Jackson, .9664. We know the story of Jaquinta Jackson. He had the slight ACL tear prior to the state championship. Obviously, he was buried on the depth chart at Texas. He didn't think he, my opinion is he didn't think he was getting a fair shake at the opportunity to compete for the starting quarterback position going into next season with Casey Thompson, Hudson Card. So, he opted to head on over to Utah. Number seven was Gerard Hurd, who played quarterback, who played wide receiver. Uh, His recruiting ranking in the 2014 recruiting class, point nine six seven eight. And then at number six, you have Hudson Card. uh, Of the 2020 recruiting class, along with Jaquina Jackson. You know, it's interesting. When you have two four-star, highly-touted quarterbacks in the same class, it always seems like one's going to leave. It's just a matter of which one. And whoever loses out, typically... Uh, but he hadn't officially lost out, we're talking about Jackson, before he decided to head on to different pastures. Greener pastures, I should say. Uh, Carr came in with a .9721 grade. And now we're going to get into the top five, where you have Javon Sneed, or Jevin Sneed. He was a four-star dual threat out of the 2006 class. He had a .9817. And now we get to Malik Murphy. Five-star, pro-style quarterback. The number two rated quarterback, pro-style quarterback in this class behind Quinn Ewers. He's got a .9843 rating. That puts him just behind five-star, pro-style quarterback in the 2000 recruiting class, Chance Mock. There's a name you had not heard in a while. .9918 was his grade. At the time... He was the highest-graded quarterback ever to sign at the University of Texas. Obviously, they just started in 2000, but he was highly touted. Uh, And then you had five-star pro-style quarterback Garrett Gilbert, 2009, at.9918. There was a lot to be excited about when you talk about Garrett Gilbert. Uh, Many people thought that he was going to be, you know, he was going to take them to you know, keep the the momentum going that they they got with Colt McCoy uh following, you know, cuz they had that run of, of events, the Colt. And they think he was just the next one in succession. He never really got off the ground, ended up transferring to SMU before he would go on to the NFL where he currently is still. But the number one recruiting class, number one recruit of the class, I should say quarterback-wise. Five-star dual-threat quarterback in the 2002 recruiting class with a perfect 1.000 rating. We're talking about Vince Young. The only quarterback to ever have a perfect rating until? Quinn Ewers. That just uh, tells you, and it's not just a Texas thing. I mean, he's the only quarterback outside of Quinn Ewers. Uh, is, he, Vince is the only quarterback ever to have that perfect recruiting rating. So He would be a top five quarterback signee uh, since 2000. I mean, I think a lot of people look at him and, and they, they see the level of excitement. And, you know, obviously we've talked about he's going to be here in Austin next week, take a self-guided tour. So we'll kind of see how that uh, how that works out. Um, you know, how soon is he going to make a decision? I'm not 100%, 100% sure at this point in time kind of where he's leaning in terms of Uh, when he's going to make that decision. That has yet to be decided. I thought this was interesting. We had a a report from Sports Illustrated's uh, Oklahoma Sooners site. They uh, said that Texas needed to pull their weight within the Big 12 to help Oklahoma, and I thought that was interesting, but I think it brought up a good point. He said if Texas can get back up and running, it will erase the perception the Big 12 holds in the country in terms of recruiting. You need that great rivalry. And I think it's a good point because I think when Texas is good, when Oklahoma is good, when those two teams are good, Big 12 as a whole is better. I think college football as a whole is better. I just thought it was interesting that people, were you know, that, there's always that rivalry and for a very good reason the border war whatever you want to call it I mean it is a border war I know it's the Red river rivalry but you know it's it's interesting to see and but I agree with it I think you need both really to elevate the level of both teams uh, to a point where these guys are getting back to national championship contention uh, both schools that makes college football better. And it's one of those things that I've looked at. And it's, you know, what programs, you know, and we'll, we're going to get into that here in a minute, but what football programs make college football better when they are competitive? What Which ones does college football need to return to the top? You know, and, and Texas is among those, right? And, and we'll get into that. With the ever-increasing... Numbers of makes, models. It's impossible to stock all the parts you're going to need at a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless, seemingly intimidating questioning about all the questions about your car or truck and wait while the guy at the counter orders the part on the computer of only choosing the brands they happen to carry or have a contract with? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason that you want to do this is you can maintain your cars. is to save money that you can use for other important things. Why choose to spend 50, 100% more for the same exact auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Go to rockauto.com. They are a family business serving auto part customers for nearly 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules... Brake parts, tail lamps, tailgates—maybe you need some new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, delivered right to your door. Best of all, RockAuto.com—they're always reliable, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com, see all the parts you need. Write "Locked On" in the "How did you hear about us?" box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices all the car parts you will ever need rockauto.com
0: March Madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday Andy Patton
1: February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents, More Than the Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels, Erica Ayala of Locked On Col- uh, Women's Basketball, discussing the opportunities, challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. There's a new episode coming next week, so go ahead and subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed, on the radio dot com app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, coming up in just a moment, we're gonna get into my list of college programs that need to be back for college football to be even better. I thought this is interesting. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine put out a survey to thirty two recruits. It was anonymous where they asked them who is the most overrated program in the state? Some of the answers that you would expect, uh, There was they've been average team for a while when talking about Texas. I heard poor things about how the old staff would treat players after signing. That goes back to Tom Herman, and, and not something that's surprising because we've heard this. They can't seem to put those super talented guys on the field. Uh, you know, obviously, so there's a, a perception, right, of Texas football. A lot of that had to do with the perception from Charlie Strong, the perception from Tom Herman. I mean, they thought that they were moving in the right direction, and obviously they weren't. As as we saw, I mean, there were positive steps, don't get me wrong. And Tom Herman did good to win bowl games, but he never could get over that hump. And these recruits see those things. You know, so it's not surprising uh, to hear those comments. I'm going to run you through just a few of the other comments that they made. Uh, we talked about Texas being average, Texas, they don't know how to recruit right, which I, you know, I think that's not true at all. They know how to recruit. Um, you know, maybe they're the highly rated guys are leaving the state. That's a problem. Uh, they are recruiting while I think it's a development issue personally. Uh, it says they get tons of high rated recruits. but can't seem to put those super talented guys on the field and have them pan out. And I think it's important that part. Have them pan out. Uh, another person said, University of Texas, they get top guys every year, but they don't put any in the league. And, you know, and that's right, they don't. I mean, if you look at their NFL draft over the last several years, they haven't had a first-round pick since 2015 with Malcolm Brown. Uh, another person said, Texas and boosters. Uh, here, here's some interesting ones. You have got Baylor, horrible town and bad program since rule left. Well, rules only been gone a year, so I mean, but, you know, I I guess. I guess that works. Uh, SMU, they don't play any elite teams. Okay, I mean, that's fair. Texas A&M, they're just overrated. Baylor, Texas, I don't know, they annoying. Texas, and they never produce, and they constantly get multiple top recruits. Uh, A&M, they lost to UCLA in football, that's all, and then Obviously, this was in-state, but somebody still said Oklahoma State just because. So that's where you have it. Some unfiltered, anonymous recruits wanting to weigh in on who is the most overrated program in the state. But like I said earlier, we're going to talk about football programs that need to get back to the top. I think college football is better when you have this list of schools. And I will work on ranking which one needs to be back the most in a future episode, but for now, let's lay out the groundwork, let's lay out the foundation. I think it begins and ends with Texas. I think with Texas is better, everybody is better, or college football is better as a whole. We're talking about the product, you know, not just, you know, it helps this school, it helps this conference. College football fans, it's better when Texas is good. That's the number one, I'd probably put them number one. I mean, maybe it's biased because it's right here on the Locked on Long Earth podcast, but I'm going to put Texas at number one. How about Nebraska? I think Nebraska makes college football better because they were... I mean, I think you still consider them one of the blue blood programs, but they've not been anywhere near what they used to be. Programs that are starting to come up and, and hopefully get back to where they were, Miami. Uh you know, they went through a lot of doldrums. You know, when they're, when they're good, college football is better. You, USC, the Trojans, when they are good, college football is better. You know, when you look at these programs, I think those are, you know, the programs you expect to be up there. Uh, when Auburn's good, it makes that SEC rivalry between Auburn and Alabama, the Iron Bowl, That makes college football better. And I got another one for you. This is probably the last one I'm going to name. Michigan. When Michigan is good, college football is better. It makes the game better. And when I say the game, I'm talking about Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan has not beaten Ohio State in years. Not since Jim Harbaugh came back to Ann Arbor. But when Michigan was good, college football was better. Those are the schools I look at right now and say, if these guys can get back, that just makes our game better as a whole. Gets everybody excited. Uh, and you definitely got to love that. Uh, let me tell you about Bet Online the fastest and easiest way to get all your sports action. Yeah, football's over. It sucks. I know. But we have college basketball, and they're gearing up to get into the NCAA tournament. NBA is going on right now, NHL is getting in full swing, BetOnline even covers awards and TV shows and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, odds, the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit you online, your online sports books experts. Now, we got you covered right here on the Locked On Longhorns podcast. If you're looking for news and opinions on the Texas Longhorns, but if you want to keep up with the rest of the Big 12, head over to the Locked On Big 12 podcast with Josh Neighbors. He'll keep you up to date with the other nine teams in the Big 12 conference. Just make sure you go check them out wherever you get your podcasts. I want to talk about locked on today, the latest podcast on the locked on podcast network that's only 20 minutes to get you prepared for your day in sports hosted by Peter Bukowski. So what we're gonna do as an added bonus today, I'm gonna to, we are going to let you hear a portion of the locked on today podcast so you can check it out and head on over to LockedOnPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcast so that you can start listening to the Locked On Today podcast, and you can be smarter about what's going on in the sports world.
0: Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today.
1: The NBA
2: and its players are on opposite sides of the All-Star game. Are the Jets the most interesting team in the NFL this offseason? Plus, can the Minnesota Vikings follow in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' footsteps? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today.
1: Searching all major sports.
0: Found. It. Let's start with the biggest story.
2: We haven't heard much about the NBA All Star game lately, which is likely headed to Atlanta in less than a month. What's going on with that? Maria Martin, with our friends at 11 Alive Sports, gives us an update.
0: An NBA All-Star Game announcement seemed eminent, but as word circulated that the league was scrambling to put a game together.
2: I think it's stupid.
0: Player criticism arose. Reports stated that the league and the Players Association liked the idea of having the game, but the actual players, not so much. Still dealing with a, with a pandemic. We're still de- dealing with everything that's been going on. And we're going to bring the whole league into one city that's open. Obviously, you guys you can see I'm not very happy about it. After LeBron's comments, no announcement, just murmurs of the league continuing to work out the
2: details. The job for the union has been to try to make sure our players are healthy and safe.
0: Chris Paul is the president of the NBA Players Association and advocated for an all-star game, and he's still working to make that happen.
2: Different situations, you know, guys who've been playing a lot of games uh, who haven't really had much of breaks. You know, guys look at that break as an opportunity to see their families.
0: Television rights are what makes it too appealing for the league to give up. Last year's game saw ratings increase of 8%, 7.3 million viewers. Ads sold out in record time in 2020, bringing in millions.
3: We all know why we're playing it. Uh, You know, is money on the line, just putting... Putting money over health right now.
0: There is no timeline for an announcement, but it's likely coming. It may not bring the same fanfare as a typical event, but for Trey Young, he says it would be an honor. It's a
3: different opinion for me uh, than a lot of other guys who are
0: flying in, and
2: um, I understand both sides. 11 Alive has been on top of this from the start. They'll continue to update us. But for the latest, check them out at 11 Alive News and 11alive.com. I for one don't understand how someone like Chris Paul can say, hey, we care about our guys' safety, our players, that's what we're worried about, and then say, well, we need to play this exhibition game that doesn't actually matter in the standings. LeBron has it absolutely right. This is about the money. This is about protecting the Golden Goose. They can sell ads on it, so they're going to have a game, and that's just the reality of the situation that we are in. Coming up next, are the Jets the most interesting team in the NFL, at least for a couple months?
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
2: It took overtime, but the Lakers beat the Thunder 114-113. to 113. Wednesday night, LeBron James made a three with 19 seconds left in the fourth quarter to tie it at 105, then got the defensive rebound on the other end to send the game into overtime. The Phoenix Suns ended the Milwaukee Bucks' five game win streak last night in a game that came down to the final seconds and a Giannis jumper at the buzzer that wouldn't go.
3: Brendan Clean here with you from Locked On Phoenix Suns, coming to you live from Phoenix Suns Arena after a 125 124 victory by the Phoenix Suns over. The Milwaukee Bucks, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, the Suns, uh, come from a back and forth game and Devin Booker takes them home once again with some fourth quarter scoring, gets to the free throw line off of an isolation on Chris Middleton late. But more than anything, this is the Suns offense that we've talked so much about. They started off as a as a strong defensive team. They came together defensively with Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges leading the way there. Now the offense is is really at its peak I've been talking about it for days and, and on, on Locked On Suns, and here we are. Another magnificent performance, 125 points against this Bucks defense. Weathered the storm as Giannis got to the line, I think 20 or so times the refs were almost uh, using broken whistles, it felt like, with how consistently that call was there for Giannis Antetokounmpo. But no matter, the Suns come away with the victory in front of a arena full of fans, and uh, it's their fourth straight. They are now 15-9. and heading up the Western Conference standings, and as I said, coming together as an offensive squad and really realizing their potential. For more on this team, follow Locked On Phoenix Suns wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: The Timberwolves fell to the Clippers 119-112, but they did get Carl Anthony Towns back as he returned for his first game since contracting COVID-19. Towns played 31 minutes and scored 18 points. Towns, of course, lost multiple family members to the COVID-19 outbreak and has been outspoken about his difficult experience in the pandemic. Five WNBA teams combined to make five trades, including seven players and five draft picks on Wednesday, highlighted by Natasha Howard heading to the New York Liberty and the Dallas Wings landing the number one overall pick. The Seattle Storm lost two key contributors to their 2018 and 2020 title teams while reshaping the roster with a focus on younger talent that also involved the Minnesota Lynx and Phoenix Mercury, nearly half the league's teams in all were involved in the transaction.
0: Here is another story you need to know.
2: Between new coach Robert Sala and the swirling Deshaun Watson rumors and as much cap space as any team in the league has in an offseason where a lot of teams are going to be cap crunched, the New York Jets just may well be the most intriguing team of the NFL offseason. John Butchko from Locked On Jets joins me now. And John, when you are looking at the big picture for this Jets offseason, do you have a number one priority list here on on what they need to get accomplished moving forward?
4: You know, Peter, it's difficult to say because the Jets just need pretty much everything right now. This was (laughs) it was a two and fourteen football team. And as you mentioned, there are going to be a lot of tools at the disposal of this team because they have cap space. And this is a unique year to have cap space. Most years, the salary cap goes up in the NFL. So even if you are among the league leaders in cap space, everybody's got some money to spend. So you may be, you may be able to get certain free agents, but you have to pay a lot for them. This is going to be the type of year where there are not going to be a lot of teams with money to spend. So your dollars will go further. But in addition to that, the Jets also have an extra first-round pick and an extra third-round pick from the Jamal Adams trade. So that's the good news. The Jets have a lot of resources to make their team better. But the bad news is they need a little bit of everything.
2: Right. They've got a lot, but they need a lot. And that that creates some questions about priorities. So is there a price with Deshaun Watson that you would just say, look, that's too much. It's, it's just too much.
4: You know, the way I look at it is I don't think that you would ever say 15 years from now, oh man, we shouldn't have given up that extra first round pick for Deshaun Watson. He's (laughs) not good. So I think it's more, what are you trying to accomplish? Because if you can figure out that either a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields or you know maybe some other quarterback like a Trey Lance is going to be a franchise quarterback, that might be the quicker way to contention because then you take the classic NFL strategy of getting the quarterback on the rookie deal and you have all these resources to build around them. With Watson, you're guaranteeing yourself stability, but he's going to come at the expense. First of all, he's going to take up a lot of the cap space that you've got. But second, he's going to take up a lot of the draft capital that you have. Now, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl over the next, you know, 10 to 12 years, Deshaun Watson's probably the best starting point that you can have, but it's probably going to be a slower build, although it's a, you know, it's a lower risk because you know Deshaun Watson's going to be great. So, The way I view it is not so much, is this the right move or is it the wrong move? It's more, which strategy do you want to take? Do you want to take the sure thing that maybe brings you stability quicker, but it would take a little bit longer to build up the rest of the roster? Or are you looking for the home run right now to potentially have a talented young quarterback to build around and as many resources as any team in the league to build around them? It's not. I think it's more... Which path do you want to take as much as it is? Is this the right move? Is that the wrong move?
1: All righty. There you have it. There is a little sample of the Locked On Today podcast. Make sure you check it out wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, Locked On Horns, at Pad Sports. Guys, send us your questions, and we'll be back tomorrow as Cami Griffin from Longhorns Wire joins us to talk all things Longhorns on a football Friday and as always, keep it locked on. Hook'em.